0: I like to use the Tyler Durden line that I sell soap.
1: Well, listen, Dave, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here. My pleasure. You know, we met once and hit it off like that. Yes. It was that wonderful. was amazing. You've been here for how long?
0: 33 years. I came in 89. 89. I came in 74, so it'll a little bit. Yes. 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 Where were you born, Dave? I was born in Marshfield, Wisconsin, in the U.S., so a small town, only 13,000 at that time. What is the number? Uh, Probably 19,000, something like that. <laughs> that really, way? really growing. <laughs> yes. You guys are really good up there. <laughs> yes.
1: you got some tall buildings right? Yes. Anyway, yes.
0: So, Wisconsin, so did you have siblings? I have six. I'm uh, going to rephrase that. I'm the youngest of six children. Uh, uh, so it's. And the five of them were born in six years. So five of them were born, and then my dad said no more, and then three years later, it came out as an accident. So, mm-hmm. yes. But, uh, so it's Greg, Jeff, Kathy, Linda, Robert. Bob uh, died probably four, somewhere around four, 40 years ago, 80, I don't know, no, so 35 years ago, uh, in a car accident. But the others, the others are still here. How uh, was So that was, uh, probably he was, around 20 he was probably around 29 87 he was born in 59 so 28. was he the
1: closest to you
0: i mean in age-wise he was yeah was I, I wasn't close to any of my siblings any of them oh no no it was only after i moved to japan that i started uh they started reconnecting with me
1: wait, wait, wait. because you're old. you were how many years you, between you and him three
0: and nine years between the oldest and me
1: but they have already had a relationship with each other, so you were kind of like the odd man out.
0: And I was also odd. Now, how <laughs> were you odd? Uh, what, what? I just I was I was hyperactive. I was I, oh yeah.
1: You had a lot of stimuli. You had five brothers and yes. sisters. Yes. So how many
0: sisters? Two sisters and, and three brothers.
1: So they yeah. were always doing stuff to you, and you were always getting involved.
0: Or like, yes, or I or I would I would cause trouble, or I would be off in my own little world, or. Whatever it was, I wasn't. I wasn't in sync with them. Uh, I was definitely not connected with them, or didn't feel connected with them. Really? Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yes. so what were you like in elementary school? Were you more academic or more sports-minded? What were you like?
0: Uh, I was more academic, but I always saw myself as sports-minded. I was very klutzy at sports, but I always saw myself as great at sports. Okay. So I love being and playing football, but but I was always the last person picked. Is that right? But I love I love playing it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you you were really. You were enthusiastic about everything you did, but you weren't necessarily the best at it when you did it. Correct. Yes. What about mom and dad?
0: Uh, My parents got divorced when I was 10, but dad left home when I was 7. My dad's a doctor. I lived in a a town where uh, basically everyone was blue-collar. And then they built a clinic there, uh, which was this major deal that was like the biggest in six states. And so people would come from all around. uh, And then they started attracting doctors. So you had you had the educated doctor community, and you had the warehouser, home-building blue-collar community, it was, it was uh, kind of disjointed, but I was, I was in the middle of both of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the city had, uh, it had culture, but it also was very down-to-earth, mm-hmm. uh, lots of bars. Okay. Uh, I, I, li- I, lived, I grew up in an era where if your hand was tall enough to get over the counter, you got served. Uh, it, carding wasn't really a thing in Wisconsin. Okay. Because
1: uh, everyone knew, and you're pretty homogenous.
0: Everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows
1: everyone, right. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone.
0: Or knows of everyone in those okay. small towns, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So Okay, so when you, what were your biggest interests when you were growing up in school? Let's say
0: from starting, what were the first things that caught your interest? Well, it's funny. I didn't really start catching interest in anything until I moved, to, until I got into junior high. Okay. Uh, grade school was kind of a blur. Um, uh, didn't really do well in any of my subjects, didn't really try in any of my subjects, but it was just having fun. I got to I got to junior high and I, I noticed that I could do things well. Like what? A- any, any subject I took. Uh, so so I, I We were in a modular system, which means you have like 20 mods per day. Uh, and you can have a class that's only 20 minutes long or a class that you can have that's four, that's a, an hour and 20 minutes long. Um, and I, would, I took as many classes as I could. I basically got straight A's and everything. I also had the second highest detention rate of anyone. I, it was so easy for me. It was so easy at school that I I kept on getting into trouble. I wasn't I wasn't challenged.
1: So what kind of trouble did you get into? Oh,
0: I don't know. Uh uh skipping out on school grounds or I was in physics class once or chemistry class and I was blowing I was blowing paper wads at a girl through through an empty pen and the professor uh, the, the teacher uh Definitely got me into okay. suspension. I mean, that's the type of thing. I was, I was being yes. a typical brat type of, of, of uh, annoyance to others. You know other not have
1: people you ran, I mean, you, your tight group. No, but you were much of a, you were pretty much very alone. much
0: alone. Yeah, very, very much a loner. Yes, I, I didn't run with anyone. There were there were people who would associate with me. Were nice to me and gracious to me, mm-hmm. um, but they were being nice to me rather than anyone calling you up and say, "Dave, I miss you. Let, let's go out." It was oh, sure you can tag along. I see. But I understand that was of my own doing. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't, I wasn't making efforts to create relationships and, and being sincere with people. I was in my, my own little world and just, if I wanted attention, I'd do something to get attention.
1: Do you think that you affected because your mother and father separated? I'm sure.
0: I'm sure that had something to do so with mom it. So mom had
1: her hands full anyway. You're the last one, so.
0: Yes. Yes, I was the last of six. Uh, it pretty much drove her crazy. I mean, it, she had a, had a hard time dealing with six kids. The youngest, the, older which, the oldest of which, you know, was fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and then me, seven, eight,
1: nine. Two uh-huh. different
0: Yes, yes. And yeah.
1: well, or they still hear you. Both your parents are okay.
0: I uh, no, they've both passed. Oh, both of them. Passed. Yes, my mom passed thirty years ago this year, mm-hmm. and uh, and my dad passed uh, last a year ago in May. How old was he when he passed? Eighty nine. Yeah, and my mom, my mom was 59 when she passed. Um,
1: okay. Did either of them get married again?
0: My father did. Okay. My 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 father left my mother for another one. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. All right, all right.
0: So that was that whole thing there and uh and it was uh an interesting dynamic because he let me come they let the kids come visit him, but it was always just a little bit off and uh and I didn't know how to handle that. So Yet I did more kids? And I don't think so I think I think his wife, Judy, had a, a child from a previous marriage, but I don't think they had any any kids of their own okay. yeah but uh, but they stayed married for a very long time until she passed away.
1: Okay. so she passed away before he did. yes, yes. Okay. and then he didn't get married again he was
0: uh, no, no, he was already 86 okay. at that point, so mm-hmm. yeah.
1: all right so when when you went to high school, did you have anything that you were particularly focused on then in high school?
0: Well, it's interesting because I did so well in in, in junior high. My mother uh, grew up in a, uh, oh, I, won't say, I don't want to say wealthy. Uh, I, I guess she could relatively. She was in a very well-off Jewish family. Her, mm-hmm. her father, my grandpa Nate, uh, ran a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a restaurant across from City Hall, uh, where during the Prohibition, they had a back room with a slot door, and you had to say the password, and, mm-hmm. and most of their customers were politicians and, and policemen. Um, but yeah, and he did very, very well. He had lots of money at that point. And my grandmother was uh, living the high life as the, as the, the princess. Were um, you close to your grandparents? As close as I could be, being seven. I mean, I don't really ever have many memories, but uh, they very, very much treated me well and, and uh, had good memories of them, both sides of the parents. Very, very, uh, very good memories. But uh, my, my transition from junior high into high school, because my mother had so much culture in her life, um, she was very much afraid of me going the path, down the path of my brothers and sisters and many other people in this small town of Marshfield, which was drugs and alcohol. Your brothers and sisters all got involved in? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, the first yeah. time I had an, the first time I had a drink, I was eight years old. The first time I smoked pot, I was seven years old. Okay. Oh, no, come on. What, what, what was it? I was just... What years are we talking about now? 1970? 70s? Okay. okay when I, I was born in 63. Okay. So 1970 was the first time, uh, but even before that, my dad was a doctor, so we always we always had pharmaceuticals in the house.
1: And you knew what to do with them. You knew how to get them. There.
0: Well, when you have coating cough syrup once as a five-year-old, you tend to go back to the medicine cabinet.
1: You like it, yeah. You
0: know. Oh, yeah. So I was guzzling coating syrup uh, before the age of six. So. Uh, it was interesting growing up uh, you know in a medical household, okay. yeah.
1: so she didn't want you to go the route of your brothers and sisters, right so, yes, she. Didn't. so
0: my my mom ran an art gallery uh, at the clinic. My, my dad was a doctor at the, this this new clinic and they had a huge lobby. My mom said, this is such a waste of space. We people coming from six space, six states. Let's put an art gallery in here and expose people to things that you know they' they're coming from farms, they've got hot cloppers on. Uh, let's give them some type of culture so that they can at least be exposed to it. That they, they can walk by it if they want, but if they want to sit and, and deal with it or look at it and walk around, they can. So she had this place called the New Visions Art Gallery that she founded in Marshfield. Um, and one of the exhibits, I believe, was the Art of the Carolinas. And the gentleman who was the curator of that exhibit had a, had a son who went to Deerfield Academy, which is like the number three private school, high school in all America. And they got to talk to you and he said, you, you need to get your son out of here. And so she got focused on applying me to prep schools. I applied to Deerfield, Andover, Exeter, I think there were a couple others, but uh, Deerfield's the only one I got into. Okay. So I went to Deerfield for four years. Complete opposite of Marshfield. I went from straight A's to C's at best. I mean, it was, it was, yes, it was competitive. I was writing 10-page papers uh, at the age of 15, okay? So these guys were the way,
1: oh, yes. I, I, I can just about guess what it was like. The way to be the jock there was to be the best in
0: academics. Well, no, but it was also oh. a heavy, heavy, heavy jock school. Really? So you was had this bo- all, Was this co ed? All male. It's oh, co okay. it, ed now. No, but it wasn't Sweet. then. Okay. It was all male. And they were recruiting, they would they would, they would actively recruit, recruit from junior highs out in California, Wyoming, Florida. To get the best. To get the best. So, for example, while I was there, if not undefeated, the water polo team was champions for, for years and years straight. Uh, they might have lost a game or two, a match or two. But no, they were very, seri- very serious about their sports.
1: And there's a lot of money in the school because it's an old, established...
0: I went to school with Rockefellers and... I was you know, gonna ask
1: you, tell me some of the yes, alumni. Yes, yes, um,
0: uh, the Koch brothers. Yes, so... Uh, very, very well. I mean, they have a huge endowment. Uh, that's how I got there. I went on a scholarship. Okay. I got accepted to Juilliard because I could play the trumpet. I was their because
1: to- you could play the trumpet.
0: I was the token artsy fartsy guy. Artsy fartsy. Okay. Because <laughs> they were trying to get away from the jock image. Yeah. I mean, academic. I mean, very, very high academics, and also sports. But but the arts department wasn't really there. So I I played trumpet and I got in on scholarship. So I I paid. My mom paid three thousand dollars a year, and a school that cost just under ten. Right now, I think it's about forty. The tuition for a high school per year. year, um, but uh, that's how I got into that school, and I got in, but it was very, very difficult.
1: Mm.
0: Just grind. I mean, I was playing all nighters. So you wanted you wanted to, even though it wasn't your it. idea.
1: I loved it. No, I mean, but when your mom, you know, proposed this to you. And you got in.
0: You you really wanted to be in there. Let's just say that I've never had any direction in my life, and if someone points me in one, I'm happy to go there. It's okay. Um, it's never been. I want to stay in in Marshfield. I want to go to to, to 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 Deerfield. It was. Yeah, this is cool. That, that's how I got to Japan. I saw a poster on a wall that said, "Do you have an MBA? Would you like to teach uh, Japanese junior business executives how to get into American business schools?" I'm like, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> there was no direction there. It wasn't something nice. I planned. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, what was it like being at your college?
0: It was uh, Deerfield. Well, no, Deerfield was the high school. The high school. High school. Yeah, high school. It, was like it was. It was intense. I mean, it was intense. It was four years of intense academics, and you know, I I didn't play any intricle, in inter school sports. I only played intramural sports, mm-hmm. but it was fun. I, I played sports I'd never played before. I did rock climbing. I did ski jumping. I did lacrosse. Um, uh, and then I also did baseball and basketball, but it was it was fun getting exposed to those things. Mm-hmm. So you know, high school was great, and, and I, I spent a year abroad in France. So I, I spent a year You're doing what uh, 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 learning uh, subjects in French. So I went to a French a French school. Spent with stayed with a French family my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. So do you speak French now? Still, you can remember so I can fake it now. Okay, fake it. I was absolutely fluent oh, when really? I oh, Fluent. You couldn't tell I wasn't French when I, when I was 18. I was, I was there when I was 16 to 17, but I, you couldn't tell that I wasn't fluent.
1: And it wouldn't take you any time at all to get back to it. It's just like, give, when give, you learn how to write a book? Give me you know, a month. I watch, I,
0: I watch French movies and I get about half of it right but now. Do you? Yes. So it's that bad.
1: I did a podcast with, mm-hmm. have you been to Daikanyama, André Petron? Okay. He I has a restaurant there. Okay, I haven't been. No. Oh. Is it and his podcast, I let him do it in French. And his son translated Oh, great. It's excellent. So you'll like it. That's a good one. Okay, I'll watch that. You'll like it too. So very good. It's recent, too. So. And I'll, I'll try the rest of it. Passion. 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 Passion, yeah. Okay. Andre Passion. Yeah, it's
0: good.
1: So, anyway, so when you finished college, mm-hmm. what degree did you finish with? So,
0: when I finished high school, high school, high school, I went to college. I went to the University of Chicago. And so.
1: Oh, that's right, because you went to this lead high school. I'm sorry. Yeah, so. Right. Yes. So I, I, went, I went to. like college.
0: Yes. <laughs> but, but again, I, I applied to several colleges. And the only one I got into was University of Chicago. I also got into North Texas State University, uh, but that was for trumpet. I, so I, if I figured if I didn't get into the Ivies, I would fall back on my trumpet. right? But I got into Chicago, so I went to Chicago for four years. Right. And you still, still, holding your trumpet with you? In the closet. Okay. Uh, right. once, once I got to college, it was like, okay, time to move on. Right. Um, and uh, And I, I I was there for four years, mm-hmm. and I started out majoring in mathematics. Uh, so I took chemi- advanced chemistry, advanced mathematics, advanced calculus, all this stuff, and it was just too hard. And I th- I thought Deerfield was hard. Um, I, I took I took a, an F W, which means I was failing out of out of With chemistry. 12, yeah. I withdrew. Yeah. I withdrew yeah. out of out of advanced chemistry, mm-hmm. and uh, in calculus. I got, like, a 30 or a 40. But because they are grading on a curve, I got a B. You couldn't take it. I was right. like, I don't want this. You're right, right. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get A's and B's failing over half of my questions. That's, that's no. Since I was fluent in French, I switched to become a French major okay. and basically skated through college. I this mean, this is
1: after your first year?
0: After my first year.
1: OK. Yes. So that made it easier, the prerequisites were not Yes, yeah.
0: yes, yes. So I just I just went through that, but uh, but uh, three years into college, um, my roommate, Steve Henn, he, he wanted to go into the business school. They have a program there where after your third year of college, you can go into your first year of business school. So your last year of college becomes your first year of business school and you can graduate with two degrees in five years.
1: Mm-hmm. And Is that so, what you did?
0: So we both applied for it and that's what I did, yes. Yeah, so I, I went into what's called professional options, the pro-op program. So in my fourth year, I switched from a French major to a business major. After my fourth year of college, which was my first year of taking all business school classes, I graduated from college uh, uh, with a degree in business, and then uh, just finished out my business school degree. Okay. Yeah. So then,
1: once you finish, once you finish school, you you went to you went to a pub or something you celebrate it. And then you saw you went into the restroom and you saw this big poster with someone say, "Come to Japan." you <laughs> had to I wish
0: that's what it was <laughs> I' didn't I wish go, that's I what go. it were yeah <laughs> but um unfortunately um, going to the University of Chicago, apart from apart from calculus and and chemistry, because Deerfield had prepared me so well for academic life, I was basically getting straight A's mm-hmm. so um, I, I got the B in calculus, but got out of there. I got the W from chemistry, got out of there. And everything else was A's. So my, my first year in, 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 in college, I got straight A's. And it kind of went down from there. Uh, so by the time I graduated from college, I had a 3.251, which was like, like the, the 0.1% to get above an honors degree. So right. I got the honors. But um, my, my, my business school classes, I was getting straight C's. And my second year, I did even worse. so I was in a fraternity, and I was having too much fun socially, and uh, I was drinking majorly, and I wasn't taking my classes seriously. so uh, you know that senior slide really hit uh, and when I went interviewing for jobs, everyone noticed, and no one hired me. no one hired me. Uh, so when I got, after, after I got out of uh, business school I, I tried to get jobs and no one would hire me for months and months and months. The University of Chicago, has the business school, has a career resource center where all these different companies give their leads. And I would go in there every week or every, every month and get the leads and interview or whatever. And one time I was there after you know, 50 failed interviews. There was a poster on the wall That's that great. said, do you have an MBA? Would you like to come teach Japanese junior executive cutthroats how to get into American business school so they can advance in their companies? I was like, I can do that.
1: Have you ever been outside the United States, Come to the United States?
0: Well, except at the time in France. No, yeah. yeah, I went to France. So and I was what, in France.
1: What, what, what year in college were you when you went to France?
0: I was in high school.
1: Oh, definitely in high school. So How I was, was in my, my
0: junior my junior year in high school. I was in France. Okay. Uh, but uh, I had had, so that was 79, 80, I was in France. And other than that, I had never been out of the States yet. Yeah. OK, where in France were you? Uh, in, a, in a small, in a, not small, it's 200,000. It's a place called Rennes. R E N N E. So it northwest it? of Paris. Oh, so, northwest of Paris. So you have so you have England and then you have uh, Normandy mm-hmm. and below that is Brittany, yeah. and the same gen- in French Bretagne. Brittany. Yeah. And then I'm at the capital of Brittany, which is called Rennes. Okay. So I was in that city. Yes. Okay. Beautiful.
1: You enjoyed it. Have you been back since?
0: No, but but the legal drinking age there was 15. 15. 15. So wait, wait,
1: was was that only for? Did, did no
0: restrictions? No restrictions. You could be hard, not well, just one. I went into I went into pubs. Yeah. Oh my
1: goodness!
0: Yeah, I would go into pubs on my lunch break from from high school. Has
1: it stayed that way? You
0: know? No, I think now it's it's either eighteen or twenty. So They've moved it up. But as a high schooler there, it was it was lots of fun, lots of fun. Yes, yes, I had a great time. Yes, but but getting back to where I was, I'm sorry to get off track. Uh, that. Uh, going to Japan was definitely my only time out of America, except for that time in France okay. and so it was my first time. Did you ever wanted to I mean after you went to
1: France, did you think I'm going to do this again? I want to leave the u s again after you went to France?
0: I'm always happy where I am, so when I was in France, I was happy to stay there. I did not want to leave when I you came didn't back to there oh yeah, okay. I wanted to stay there. I had a girlfriend. I was only seventeen. I wanted to just get off the bus and not 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 go back to America. That was oh, traumatic, yeah. yes, oh my goodness. Yeah. So then you came back. I came back, and I, I, I was happy to stay in the States. I just couldn't find a job. Okay. And I was happy to live to Japan. It was it it was interesting for me. And I'm a Buddhist. Okay. So, uh, but you weren't there. Well, I was. you just minute. So when did you become a Buddhist? In 1987. That would have been why you were in college? Uh, I was, I had... I had taken a year off from business school. So I, I took my, I went to my last year of college. It was my first year of business school. Okay. And then I, and I dropped out. I, I took a year off and waited tables at, at a restaurant. And became a Buddhist. And became a Buddhist. And then went back, my Buddhist leader convinced me to go back and finish my degree.
1: So you could have a double degree.
0: Right. Yeah. So I, I became a Buddhist in December two, uh, 8, 19, 1987. Okay. And it's a, it's an organization called the Soka Gakkai. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. There's no Soka Gakkai. Okay.
0: Do you go to the one over here in Hiro? Uh, several of the places, yes. Right, yes. because
1: right next to Secret Heart. Uh, Don't they have one right there? Uh, they had one. They, they had one, one, but.
0: Are they moved? Well, so, okay. so the, the Soka Gakkai and the Nichiren Shoshu priest organization had a falling out. Oh, so nice. so they were excommunicated, and now the Gakkai has their own meetings in their own kaikans, their own uh, meeting places. Okay. Uh, but yes, there are, there are definitely meeting halls in Hiro and in Shibuya and all over. Okay, okay. But. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, because I was a Buddhist and it was a Japanese sect of Buddhism. I, I'm like, oh, Japan! I can go there and be closer to the the home of my Buddhism. When you saw that poster, that was the attraction. So it was okay. That was the okay. So there
1: was there was more than just seeing that and you are going that way. Right. You had another motive too. Yes.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And then that's the kind of the attraction. But when I got here, I, I was only supposed to stay here for nine months. It was it was a it was a it was a August to March. Teaching gig, uh, and then uh, I was happy to go back to the states. In January of of nineteen ninety, I'm sorry, nineteen January of nineteen ninety, um, the people at that school informed me that the way they do business there is they don't rehire anyone, they cut everyone, so they don't have, they have an effort to raise salaries. But anyone who's an MBA, they use their headhunting division to place them up into Japanese companies and get a first year salary from the company that we get hired by, clever people. And then they get a new batch of people in from America at they the same, same salary just turn them over. So I got a job at a, at a consulting company in Japan, worked there for three years okay. after, after I finished. So just a reason to stay. Right. And then I met my business partner my, at our current company uh, and he, he invited me to, to leave there and come join him. I'm like, okay, to do what? Uh, he, he has a dream of, of being a manufacturing hub uh, in Japan and selling worldwide. And, uh, and from the beginning, he's always had this dream. He, he's the vision guy. He's the guy with the plan, the man with the plan. Mm-hmm. I'm the sap with the map. He's the, guy, he's the man with the plan. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's always been his dream to provide products to people that enhance their happiness, that are unique, and we're not dealing with me-toos, that are consumable so people need to buy more. Um, and that have no negative effects on the environment or the body, so no alcohol, um, no no stock trading, uh, only things that are tangible, palpable, that help people, that give them better health, better environment, better peace of mind, and just true happiness that lead lead them on that path.
1: What made him come over? Is he a Buddhist as well?
0: No, no, uh, and you can say he's a Christian, but he wouldn't say that. Um, uh, he he is a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. but really does not uh, like religion or uh, the church or anything like that at all. Uh, definitely does all his own teaching uh, himself. Uh, but uh, very religious, very very spiritual man. Married with kids. Married, no children. Okay. Married to Japanese. Okay. Yes. So are you guys similar in age? He's sixty one. I'm fifty nine. So yes, very similar, okay,
1: and, very similar. Yeah.
0: And, and he went to the University of Chicago Business School as well. We never met there. We were there at the same time, but never met there. We met at a reunion here in, in Tokyo, just happened to be at the same place at the same time. Yeah. So serendipity. So
1: how, how long have you been together?
0: Uh, the, the company was formed in 93. So that's uh, 29, years.
1: 29 years. So it's just the two of you that set up the company.
0: Yes, and now. But
1: didn't you have three people usually?
0: Well, no, so uh, so the two of us and our wives. Okay. So four of us in the beginning. Uh, but right now we're at about 30 employees, uh, all Japanese.
1: But so tell me about your company.
0: Uh, so, our company, uh, uh, I like to use the Tyler Durden line that I sell soap, but uh, we sell, there, there we have two divisions. Uh, one is selling environmentally safe surfactants, soaps, uh, detergents, uh, cleaning products that are plant derived. So nothing uh, from petroleum, no synthetics, all totally biodegradable, uh, very gentle on your hands, on the skin. Uh, We're we're very good in food factories and restaurants, so if someone actually spills something in the food, it's not gonna poison people, things like that, so that's our marketing edge there. Uh, We're very expensive. Our raw materials are very expensive. We make very little profit. I make very little money. it's, it's hope hopes so that it's going to eventually
1: reach a tipping point, and then boom. That's always the hope. That's been our hope for okay, thirty years.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's
1: a tipping point, they say, usually, if you have something. Yes, yes. Hoping. We've
0: been hoping for a long time, for thirty years. Okay. Yes, so we've been hoping for a long or, or almost thirty years. But if it gives you any hope,
1: my my father-in-law said this prior to passing. He told me he said, Lance, I know that you're ambitious. I could see this. I could see the light in your eye when I first met you. Um, don't build a lot of small pyramids because if you do so, the base isn't very stable. So take your time and get a real, real wide base, because when you do go up, which is a lot easier, it will be huge. Mm -hmm. And intellectually understood that. (laughs) (laughs) Emotionally, it's another thing. Yes. So I've been Um. building a lot of small pyramids but in the back of my mind, hoping that the base is, I haven't, I haven't to, to go back on my you know, emotions and get into the mm-hmm. intellect and say, but actually it's like adding to my base. Yes. And someday. And, I, and that's, that's where you want to end up. Life. in my lifetime.
0: Exactly. That's where you want to end up being, that, looking back and saying, okay, hey, that was a base. It is. Yeah. We, we've, almost, we've almost gone bankrupt minimum of four times. Hallelujah. You know, uh, the past thing with COVID almost put us under. Uh, Lehman Brothers shock almost put us on, on, or under uh, when the when the yen rate uh, when when it went down when it went up to whatever it was one hundred and twenty six uh, we had set our prices when when the yen rate was ninety into the dollar and Japan will never let you raise prices and, and the exchange rate went up to one twenty six or and that and that in that time we were buying stuff from Australia the Australian rate went 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 from seventy up to one hundred and five so you really so you're really affected by buy
1: the currency, because you're dealing not with just products in Japan, you're getting your sources from somewhere else, from abroad, and yes. that's what takes it. And yes. you have shipping costs.
0: Yes, <sighs> yes. So in the beginning, we only did import because we had no manufacturing. We only did import. But now you manufacture. But now we're manufacturing. So in the beginning, we we're totally dependent on products coming in from overseas. Uh, now we're bringing in raw materials from overseas. So we're we're locally based in Japan. Uh, we have two divisions. The one is the is the soap division which we have our own factory up in Ibaragi, uh, and uh, we do all our manufacturing there. The other one is a health food supplement division where we sell amino acid sports supplements, which the general public can take as well, and we contract out a manufacturing company for that. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, uh, It's okay if if we mess up a batch of soaps, and someone uses it and it's not effective. It's not okay if we mess up a batch of health food products it's internal. and someone dies, yes. So uh, we, we farm all of that manufacturing out, mm-hmm. yes. But still, I mean, materials come in from overseas and, and that is all bought in dollars. So there is a fluctuation that happens with that and there is pressure to raise prices. In the soap division, finally, this September, With the hyperinflation that's going in the U.S. and it's bleeding into Japan with the raising of prices, and everyone, all of our competitors are raising prices. We've finally been allowed to raise prices on three of our products in the soap division.
1: That's been allowed to.
0: We 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 have price inelasticity in three of our products that if we raise them, people will still buy it. Okay. Okay. If we raise if we raise them in the others, people will stop buying it and go to the competitor. Oh, I, see, so, 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 so. I, I was thinking that some someone outside of I'm the sorry. consumer was restricting you from being mm-hmm. able to raise your price. I'm sorry. The economics are allowing us to do that. Okay. Uh, on the other products, we're not able to ra- to raise the retail price, but we're we're, we're raising the um, the wholesale price to our wholesalers. So the end user pays the same price, but the wholesalers are making less profit. Okay. Uh, and we've done that across the board on all of our products. Uh, in the soap division, in the healthcare division, the, the Masashi amino acid products, we can't raise any of our prices. And a matter of fact, 10 years ago, we lowered our prices and everything because the competition was so tough. So we're making razor thin profits there. Uh, and you know, after COVID hit, all the gyms shut down, our sales were cut in half, I'm sorry, down by 48%. We didn't, make, we didn't make the 50% that, that gave us all the bank loans. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, we missed it by 2%. 1.5 million yen. Exactly.
1: Very strict about that.
0: But we survived. We had a huge cash, a huge pool of cash. We survived. To take you
1: a little bit off what you're talking about now, when you talked about bankruptcy, and almost mm. filing for it three times yes, or Yes, yes. What do you think saved you from doing that? Well. Was mm. there an overall factor that, that you could apply to all the times that you
0: were it's it's good to have a genius as a partner. My my partner David uh, truly has foresight and wherewithal to to not make short-term decisions and to truly, if we have to, cut off an arm to save the body um, and go go the tough period. There there was a time where he and I were making two hundred thousand yen a month. Okay, we were the lowest paid people in the company.
1: Yeah, that's how good you're doing. Okay.
0: Oh no no that that that's how we we You're didn't the lowest paid okay. we we went we went there was a there was a good time before that we were making $20,000 a month my partner and i okay we were rolling in it we were great 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 but we didn't want to worry any of our employees we wanted them to keep focused on work so he and i cut as much as we could out of our lives to keep their salaries steady when it got really rough um, and that you now that was that was during was during the lehman brothers period there we we lost 1.5 1.48 million dollars in a 6 month period because of the exchange rate our, our amino acid products that we were importing from Australia at the time was more expensive to buy them to sell them and so we were losing money in every single box that we bought but we bought uh, but we finally got futures contracts put in place we got our dollar hedged we got all that set so we were we were hedged um, and we wouldn't lose any money but then when the, when when the yen went from 125 down to 80 we weren't making any extra profit because our dollar was hedged so other people were raking in extra profits on their on their low cost of goods sold we were we were not making that much money uh, but it was steady the base a steady base and banks in japan only value steadiness they don't they don't care that we're we making banks. we're making this much profit because if it's this sharp a rise their concern is going to be this sharp a fall and sure enough it, it becomes later that sharper fall. So it's that steady, steady base that David was in tune with. He was always making sure that our balance sheet and our profit and loss was in tune, and reflecting the steadiness of where we were going. And that's mm-hmm. how we kept that's how we kept afloat. It was his foresight, um, having enough cash on hand. It was always our philosophy to have too much cash, and if that meant having a lot of loans then we'd have a lot of loans, which is possible in Japan because the interest rate was under 1%. If the interest rate 5%, we can't do that. So we're a very unique situation where we had a ton of cash, 12 million yen in cash, I'm sorry, 12 million dollars in cash, 10 million yen in loans, but 12 million dollars in cash, we could pay that back any time. And it was that cushion that got us through uh, the the COVID period, Mm -hmm. COVID in particular, we would have gone out of business. We didn't have that. Yeah. Are your wife still involved in your business? Uh, uh, David's wife is. Okay. She's the the head of uh, the the accounting division mm. at our company. My wife was the head of accounting, accounting, but she got pregnant uh, back in ninety. I'm sorry, two thousand and one. So uh, she quit the company in this on December first, two thousand and one, and my son Rene was born December eighth, two thousand and one. So okay. seven seven or? days later.
1: He's going to be a year soon.
0: No, no. So, so, yeah. so December 2001. December 2001. Oh, two, I'm talking 2021. I'm sorry. Yeah. i somewhere
1: else. So 2001. Damn.
0: 2001, she quit the company uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. 20, 21 years ago. Because uh, she was this pregnant. Um, and so she still runs our trademark. Uh, she still works on that. She's still the person in charge of trademarks. So we still give her a salary every month, but she's not in the office. Once every two, three months she'll come in and sort that out and then go back home. But she's still an employee. Uh, she's still in, on the payroll. But uh, she's been raising two kids for the past 20 years.
1: So you have two kids? Yes. One that's
0: 21? 20, so my 21-year-old is Renee. He's in, in Soka University out in Hachioji, here in Japan. My 18-year-old is Joe, and he's in Wisconsin living with my sister his aunt, going to school there.
1: How old oh, was he when he left?
0: Uh, he was 14 when he left.
1: So he'd been there four years?
0: Yes, four years. He, he couldn't handle Japanese education. It was yeah. driving him crazy. Yeah. He's like, he
1: speaks Japanese. He's fluent,
0: isn't he? Oh, well, yes. Yeah, okay. he, he didn't speak any English. Okay. <laughs> so was thank you. Yes. He went to Japanese school, school didn't speak any English, uh, but he was, he was the ADHD kid, so awesome. he was always asking questions. And the teacher's like, I just explained that five minutes ago go go, be quiet shut up sit in the corner you know the japanese expression the nail that gets is sticking up gets hammered down that was joe he was that nail uh and he just he just it was driving him crazy he was he was going to quit school uh at the age of 14 and go into the trades and become a carpenter He didn't want that didn't want that so uh as an alternative we said well why don't you try uh the states we had him over in the states had him visit uh the, the school that was near where my sister lived, he liked it. He said yes, and he moved to America in January 2019, and had him go to a, a, a an English school for eight months and get through that. Mm-hmm. In March, he came back to Japan to graduate from middle school because if he didn't come back, he wouldn't get that middle school certificate. Right. So he came back for two weeks to graduate uh, from Japanese middle school and then went back uh, to America and he's been there ever since. Does he enjoy it? Yes, there's challenges. Uh, he doesn't like to have to go into the classes he doesn't want to be in. So his his grades are not straight A's. They're very they're very difficult. Uh, you know his 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 freshman year COVID hit. So so his first semester he had a 3.0. His second semester he had pass fail and really didn't study. Then he went to uh, a sophomore year and he his, his GPA was two point five. But you know he he was in his trade he took trades classes and and uh, and, uh, and math classes got straight A's or B's in those, uh, but English and social studies and those, those classes were difficult. Uh, junior, he transferred to another school, which is the same distance from his current school, from his house, uh, because it had engineering classes. And I wanted him to take those classes because he does like engineering. And I don't want him to just simply join the, uh, the Navy or go into the trades as a carpenter without exploring the possibility of actually going to college. As a civil engineer, mm-hmm. trying the profession.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If he doesn't like it, he can always go back to being a carpenter. He can always join the military at 22 instead of see, instead of 18. I see, I see. But if he doesn't apply to colleges now, he might miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas he says, "I go into the military first, and then I can get I can get the GI bill to pay for my college." So, you know, we're open to all things. Right. But it's it's just out of Japan. So how's he doing as far as his
1: English goes right now? Is he speaking English really well? He won't speak Japanese. What about your oldest son? Does he speak any English? Yes. Yes. As um, well as your second? Oh no. The second really
0: just jumped on it. Completely just wrong. overtook him. Just completely overtook him, yes.
1: And of course his comprehension too, because he's in that environment. Absolutely. I saw that happen with my youngest. Because we let our youngest go to college in the US, but the other three stayed here. Yeah. Total immersion. And he comes back and just his whole sensibility you know, I see that side, which I can't say isn't something I might have wanted my other sons to have a, have as
0: well at mm-hmm.
1: Arsenal. But they're all doing well. Okay. That's, That's
0: interesting. It's very varied. And then they're completely different personalities. Are they close with each other? No. How many no. years apart? Uh, wait, wait. Two years, two months apart. That's close enough to be close. But Renee, Joe always wanted to do what Renee could do. Okay. And Renee wasn't tolerant of Joe not being as good. And so Renee would berate Joe. And Joe would think he wasn't good, so good enough. But he was two years different. Your English isn't good enough. Your soccer isn't good enough. Your math isn't good enough. Whatever it was, he would he would use that opportunity to to put down Joe. And so Joe has a, a difficulty with, with having a high opinion of himself. I hear you. Right?
1: But that's not the case anymore.
0: We're working on it. Okay. We're working on it. Joe just got a 96 on his contemporary issues uh uh, test in 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 his social sciences class, which is a wonderful achievement. He likes the class. You know, he, he doesn't you know he he's not been one to really excel there. Mm. He's just it's really great, you know, we talked about that today. I was like really great being supportive. Mm. Uh, but, but you spoke with him today? Yes. Well listen, you know he's gonna see this. Well, I'll send him a I'll send him a, uh, an invite, yes.
1: No, I mean no he's gonna be able to see this this podcast mm. and I hope you leave it in because our kids need to hear what we feel. Yes. When we don't think they're gonna hear it. <laughs> don't don't make me cry. All right, go on, go on. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. I do I do really value
0: my yeah. son. Yeah. You of course
1: you can. That's through you part of you. You spend all
0: your time with that's what you're doing it for. But growing up I didn't I mean, I'm sorry, when he was a young child, I didn't value my children enough. I was I was so immersed in my work. I was working till eleven o'clock every night. If I wasn't, I was out drinking with clients. I wasn't there for my kids. So I am making up for it now. And I know I can't undo the damage I did, which is actually a blessing in a sense of not trying to. I know that today is a fresh start. And whatever I do is now from here. The damage is done. Whatever's is there. You know, there's an old saying about, an old story about the the the, the, the nail that's hammered into the wood. And, and fixing that is like trying to take the nail out. But the hole's always there. Um, but you got the nail out. So the pain can be gone, but the, the scar's still there. But moving onward and creating those new relationships. So I have a new relationship with my son Joe and a new relationship with my son Renee um, that wasn't there when they were younger. And just however I can support them. I have to be tough love at times. I have to be tough love. Um, if I can be supporting at times, supporting it. Whatever it is, but just not being reactive or, or not caring or, or dictative. Um, uh, it, it, is, it is good now. It is real good.
1: Are they close to their mother?
0: It's interesting. Yes, um, they've always been. Uh, so Renee was was uh, has always been the distant one, uh, the one who, uh, you know, if he had to put a put a label on it, I always thought he was a little bit Asperger's. All okay. right, uh, he's not clinically. He's not very but, high
1: performing. If he was, yes,
0: but but he he definitely um, has. He's an introvert. And does he like, He doesn't like being touched, or uh,
1: he's not. probably just... not.
0: Probably is well, very Asperger's. Yes. Um, d- d- has difficult times being touched. He will hug with me now. Okay. Never as a kid. Um, yes. Uh, R- Renee would, would not cry at movies. Didn't get it when other people were crying. Would he laugh? Uh, yes. If, if something was funny, he would laugh, but but, but the emotional connection of, of, of why they're crying on screen and how that connects to him wasn't really there. Um, it, it's getting there now. He is finding he has been able to get himself more connected with movies now, which is great. Joe on the other hand would just would just be into it. into it. yes. And mom was into it. So Joe and Mom were always closer. Um, but then Joe and Mom had had a much bigger rebellion period. Oh, he rebelled massively against his mother.
1: In his teen in his teens? When
0: he when he was when he was thirteen, fourteen, before he went to the States. Oh, just tooth and nail and volumes. Um, which was great timing for we went to the states because then we, they became closer. Yeah. So it, it uh, whatever it was, it it, um, it was good for both of them. Yeah.
1: That was so
0: interesting. But Joe came back for the first time for for Obon uh, August vacation uh, this okay. year, and Renee and Joe and my wife and I went up to Hokkaido for ten days. And That was a reestablishing of everything. And Joe came back saying, I had a really good time with Renee.
1: Everybody's-
0: was good. That's That's good.
1: It's good. Good. really good. And that's all you want.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's a start. It's a foundation. That's right. It's all about building foundations, right?
1: Yeah. It's the journey. It's not the destination. Yes.
0: It's always the journey.
1: It's because the destination we all know, and that's when that last
0: breath goes out.
1: Yes. <laughs> and we'll know what that's about too yes. when that comes. Yes. I'm no hurry. I'm no hurry. Are you?
0: No. No. <laughs> no. And that's why I, I don't see myself retiring because.
1: I don't even like hearing the term. Right, right. Because somebody sold, sold society a bill of goods. And I think it was a lot of oligarchs and people with a lot of power that said, we don't want the competition, so let's set an age limit.
0: Well, and also, if you have someone who's 65, if we force them out, you can get someone at 20 to have half the salary. And, and, and with less of the knowledge.
1: He knows nothing. He'd be in no threat right. to what you yeah. believe or how you yeah. think, and he can't show you anything. That's he has to keep the same old thing going on.
0: In our in our company bylaws, what it not the uh, the the employee bylaws? Mm-hmm. The employee bylaws. We have no age. There is no retirement there. None. Okay. Your salary stops increasing at sixty-five. Okay. Okay. Um, and your salary basically goes. We have a set. We have a salary that that looks like this. And it's just, When you're twenty, it does this. Mm-hmm. 20, 21, 22, 23, 23, 23. When you get around 28 to 30, and then 30 to 35, it has a spike here, and then up around 38, it just levels off again. So when you're over 40, it goes up at most one percent a year, at most. Okay, so we're not really paying you much more after 40. We have no advancement in our company. There's no tiers. It's a flat structure. So uh, you're not going to get promoted. Uh, everyone works for basically that. We have we have to have a center uh, for testing. Uh, people send us uh, dirty equipment, dirty jigs, dirty parts that they want to see if our, our surfactants can clean. So we take before photos and after photos and we try different, different temperatures, different pressures, different agitation to see if we can clean for them. And then we send them back the results. So we have a test center to test our products against different, different soils. Um, so that's about 30 people we have.
1: That is so
0: interesting. But no retirement. No retirement. Yeah, I like that. So one of, one of our employees is is over eighty. Mm-hmm. He's still working for us.
1: When did he start?
0: He's probably started when he was fifty five.
1: That's a good sign. Yeah. That's a good good sign. Yeah. We, we
0: we hired him away from another company. Well, actually, one of our distributors. Okay. Several of our employees come from our distributors.
1: They mm-hmm. you see your in The grass does look greener.
0: <laughs> they, want they want in.
1: They want in. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell me the state. What do you see for the near future? Oh, let's say the next five, or ten years. Do you have any? You're not you're not the guy that does that. You just come in every day and do what you do. Exactly. Okay. I,
0: <laughs> I, it. You yes. Take
1: a day at a time.
0: Yes. Yes. David. David has his plans for growing the company, okay, and we and we go through those plans every six months, and yes. it's all there.
1: It goes in your ear like this and this and this. And this well, well, no, no I, I, I have, have, have to it. retain I, it. I,
0: I have do. to retain it. But but um, <laughs> but I would rather have the sheet in front of me. To go through it, rather than tell you something and tell, tell it incorrectly, um, you know, repair employees to to be, stay on top of that. Uh, so I'm I, my functions in company are basically um, dealing with the factory, uh, raw materials, um, uh, any type of uh, sales to foreign entities, uh, anything that's anything that's international. Uh, David's in charge of all grand marketing concepts. Uh, all the salesmen, uh, uh, anything to do with personnel is pretty much a group decision. Personnel is pretty much group decision. Uh, and banking, banking, and investment and financial—that's all David. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we definitely, you know, we cover our weaknesses and 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 that. But uh, but in terms of where I see our company in five years, mm-hmm. we hope we've gone over the hump. We hope we get that sales yes. boost. Yes. Uh, a in point. Yes, tipping point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ready for it. We've been ready for twenty years. Uh, we have everything in place and when it does. We're not caught short. We're not caught red-handed. We're not caught empty-handed. Um, uh, we're not. We're not caught without the resources to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But we're fully aware that it might never materialize. Mm-hmm. We want it to materialize. We see it materializing. We imagine it materializing. We do that positive restructuring it's never a case of it. it's not going to happen I okay yeah. um, and it's always the case that it will happen how do we make it happen are you hoping to have
1: a big company maybe absorb you uh, it could be many different ways no you wouldn't let that happen what about what about we've investors? been offered already you've been offered several times of, that's not the way you're gonna go you want it to be from inside out well, outside, yeah.
0: David knows that if we ever get taken over by another company, it will, it will at some point, somehow, somewhere, by someone, pervert the essence, the, the, the purpose of the company, uh-huh. which is to provide happiness for all human beings, to make the earth a better place and preserve its most precious resource, people. And just that he knows that someone's going to take a shortcut somewhere and, and prioritize profit over relationships at some point. It's just, it's bound to happen. We've seen it happen over and over again with our trading partners. So never, he will never let that go. Before I end the podcast, I always ask my
1: guest a question. Okay. If you could go back in time. Okay. And you could talk to the 20-year-old Dave, knowing what you know now,
0: what advice would you give him? A lot. What would oh. Number one thing: uh, prioritize people over having fun, especially alcohol. I was—I I told you—I started drinking when I was eight. I started doing illicit substances when I was seven, so I've never had it be something that was um, not part of my life. And I—I drank through when I got when I got to France. I started drinking. I drank through high school. I drank through college. I drank through my professional life. I drank through my marriage. I drank. It would be would be to have the memories of what of drinking affected in my life negatively and be able to see those memories as a 20-year-old and understand that this is the path if you weren't drinking. This is the path if if, if I didn't um, drink to get the buzz, if a drink were simply in my hand because it was socially what was, what was required, and I'd be just as happy drinking cranberry juice as I was drinking beer. Um that would be a major thing would be to tell myself to be more centered and more at peace with myself and and in, and like myself I don't have to be drinking um I don't have to be out there every night uh having fun because it really did do damage to a lot of people mm-hmm. it did so I see that that would be the i'd be i'd be shaking my twenty year old self and, and trying to get him into shape mm-hmm. but uh other than that um be be more um not sincere because i don't really think i've I've been i've been contrite or anything with people but uh you've you've heard of desiderata right wonderful please look it up desiderata desiderata *Desiderata*. it was written by a priest well over 100 years ago um and it talks about um about what to do how, how to really live your life best and it's just there's It's wonderful, wonderful advice. I I tell everyone, read it, desiderata. It is, it is, it's reformation of your life. Anything in there that you're not doing, start doing it. It truly is. There's one thing in there that says, do not feign affection. If someone likes you, and you only like them as a friend, don't pretend to like them. It's only gonna hurt them. If, if, if someone if someone is falling in love with you and you're not in love with them, or, 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 or you're, you're, you're great with the friendship level, but you're, don't let them continue down that path. Don't feign affection. Don't pretend to be in love with them and have to break it off later. That really does damage. Um, that's something I would tell my 20-year-old self. So, uh, because I wasn't good at saying no. Because I didn't want to hurt them, and I ended up hurting them a lot, lot, lot a lot bigger later because I wasn't, I wasn't strong enough. Morally, to to keep something at a distance when it wasn't there. But desiderata, desiderata. It is a great read, um, and, and so I, I always I have it on my computer. I have it on my watch. I just I put put it out.
1: on audio
0: it, it is only whatever it is, forty lines long. It's 40? a poem. It's a poem. It a poem. It's a poem. Okay. It's a poem. And and each each pearl of wisdom is is a line or two long at most. And it keeps on giving you more and more uh do not consume does it uh, do not concern yourself with with the, uh, with the with the with the ongoings of, of the world because it can drag you down but do not be oblivious to it either uh, do not when he when says do not feign affection he also says do not do not cut yourself off from love because in the in, is it in the i forget what it says in the identity of, 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 of Whole life, it is perennial as the grass, just this wonderful stuff that really uh, centers you. So that's you. what I tell myself. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, I really thank appreciate you for this. accepting so
1: quick. We just met on the heaven stance yes. of being in front of the same place,
0: seven, yes. same 7 Eleven. Well, you know, there's no such thing as chance, right? I believe that too. It's are your eyes looking up? If I were in a bad that's mood. True and I was just walking by, my head Man, would have been down, right, right. And I wouldn't have seen you. Right,
1: but I would have woken up. Yeah. No, I probably would let you stay in your misery. Because right? I don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> I would let you stay in it. But that, that, that's, that, that is what chance, that's what, the chance, the chance, that was, what fortune is, is, is having your, your eyes up and, and being open, that's always. True. Oh, okay. And we're in an environment
1: where we don't hear each other. We fear the, 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 we didn't expect anything from each other. Exactly. I love an environment like this. And when you get to places, I can sense it right away when someone those you want something from me. Or you have to wait. They want something from you. Yes. Thank you so much, David. My pleasure. I want to thank all of you watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all online. So reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed.